Okay, it is day six or seven, depending on whereabouts in the world you are, of the Teen World flight, and I'm talking to Ryan Campbell. Ryan, uh, which part of the world do I find you in? Uh, hi, Steve. I'm standing just outside the motel in Hilo in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Well, congratulations, mate. Uh, halfway across the Pacific, I guess, or perhaps even a little more than halfway. Uh, how's the trip been so far for you? It's, uh, it's been really good so far. The, the first thing was pretty nerve-wracking just to kind of jump off the deep end and do it. Uh, the weather was pretty good. Um, each leg after that, we had a few little issues arise that needed, you know, uh, little things on the aircraft that needed um, tweaking, but that's just all, I think, part of the challenge. But so far, it's so good, really, up to today's leg. The weather's been perfect, and today we had a little bit of a um, diversion due to some thunderstorms, but that was through the um, convergence zone, and, and it was expected. So, What's the longest leg you've done so far? Uh, it was about nine and a half hours, and it was surprising, actually, how... You know, it didn't feel like nine and a half hours. There's so many jobs to do. There's so much stuff to to keep you busy. So I was surprised to get out at the end of nine and a half hours. I would have expected to be bent up and sore and not be able to walk, but I was fine. So that uh, keeps hope for the 14-hour leg. Okay, and uh, tell us about some of your routine over those long overwater flights, particularly for those listeners who are not pilots. Uh, now, of course, uh, I've never done any sort of uh, long overwater trips like that myself, so what's what's your routine like? Uh, I actually haven't before this completed any long overwater flights either, so I mean, I sat down and planned. I talked to a lot of people who had done so and uh, and basically worked out a system before I left, and that's every hour I do a trend uh, sheet on the aircraft and sometimes every half an hour, and that's just everything, you know, how the aircraft's running, what speeds we've got, uh, just so, you know, at any point in the flight you can look back and see uh, what performance figures you would get, uh, fuel burns, a whole lot. And the other thing is, uh, obviously, your fuel management for your tank, the, the long overwater flights. Uh, I haven't had less than 300 litres in the tank on every one of these legs, so it's really important to be on top of that, know how much you've gotten. And today's example with the weather, you need to know how much you've got in that bag with no fuel gauge, uh, in case you do need to divert. Now tell us about the first leg. Um, as you said, you've, you've effectively jumped off the deep end. You've done that long overwater crossing and you've uh, come upon Norfolk Island. How did that feel, mate? It was pretty amazing. I went over the top of Lord Howe Island. I looked out the window and took it off autopilot and dipped the wing and just had a bit of a look at the island. I thought, I wish I was landing there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I kept moving and I got to Norfolk and it was good enough for a visual approach. I went down there and, and flew over just to have a look at the runway and the circuit and really bad winds. Like it's a little island, you know, it's, um, you can imagine that the wind shear gets pretty full on. Um, but we landed there and as soon as I was on the ground, I started to notice there was just people everywhere lining the hills of the airport. And that was so exciting to see all these guys come out and, and um, wish me well. So I was very glad to be on the ground. And I was very glad to, to sleep that night. But um, the overwater part itself didn't worry, uh, didn't worry me as much as I thought it would. Okay, so uh, you, you, you're sitting out there and uh, you, you're looking out uh, as far as the eye can see, you can see nothing but water. That must be an interesting sensation. Well, it's funny you say that because that actually happened for the first time today um, properly. Every time, you know, I've been so busy and we've been, you know, there have been patches of blue, um, but a lot of the time, you, you, you know, you're flying IFR and you're in, uh, you're in the cloud in and out of it. So today was the first day that I could actually look around me and see just water and it went all the way out to the horizon and that was pretty full on. I was uh, a little bit surprised at just, you know, what the difference that made, just that little bit of cloud. Now tell me about, uh, you took off from Norfolk Island, you headed across to, I think, Pago Pago? I did, yes. So I took off and uh, first light departure. It was uh, a little bit, a few issues, you know, trying to get onto 
Auckland on the HF radio. I was still trying to get the radio worked out and it was uh, <laughs> a bit of a challenge. So I made a decision there to leave and I managed to get onto them uh, in the end just as soon as I got off the ground. I had 44 knot headwind as soon as I got off the ground and um, that was also quite a heavy flight, one of the first heavy flights. So by the time I got up and into cruise, it took about an hour and a half to get up into cruise and settle down and happy and once I was there, I was fine. It was just like a, you know, just like a uh, normal flight. Yep. Now you're crossing over the equator and heading up into the northern hemisphere. Uh, have you noticed any changes in the uh, performance of the aircraft or uh, navigation, that sort of thing, as you did that? Uh, not with navigation, but absolutely with performance, no doubt. I, you know, with the trends, it's really interesting because that's not something that you physically write down, or you know, I never did in in day to day flying around Australia. So to sit here for nine hours and and write what, you know, write down what's happening to all the temps and pressures uh, pressures for for that time is pretty interesting. The outside temperature went from six degrees at nine thousand feet uh, just out of Norfolk Island to thirteen degrees as I descended down into Pango, and you know, the oil temps went up all the temps and pressures and everything um it was yeah it was very interesting to see the changes now the you're flying of course in a Cirrus sr22 and you're happy with the performance so far oh it's amazing i was if I was to help anyone do this, I would uh, highly recommend that they take something with this performance because an aircraft that I know from flying before the uh, modifications were made, it was easily tazzing 170, 175 knots. Now it's tazzing 158, 160 knots. Wow. Uh, so all the you know the extra weight and the uh, the ferry tank fittings under the wing, the HF aerials, slowed it down a lot more than I thought. So if you did take a slow aircraft, you're going to really um, you know you know really be slow then. Now, you're in uh, Hilo, as you said, in Hawaii. Uh, what's the plan from here? So I, I only arrived probably two hours ago. did a little bit of media stuff at the airport, went through customs, and, and I've just got to the motel, just walked outside to have a look around. Um, so I'll I'll be here for about three days. We've got a 50-hourly to do on the aircraft tomorrow uh, with the maintenance guys here at Hilo Airport. Um, I'll then probably have a rest the day after because it's been non-stop so far with only one day in between each flight. I would love to get up and have a look at the volcano while I'm here. Uh, I haven't really done any sightseeing on the trip so far um, but other than that it's all about planning for the long leg the 14 hour leg to California I cannot wait to get rid of the HF radio and get onto to mainland USA <laughs> absolutely absolutely well mate uh, you sound in good spirits you're obviously feeling good within yourself and it's good to hear that the aircraft is uh, performing so well uh, we're all proud of you mate uh, flying the Aussie flag and our listeners of course can follow your progress with live tracking at teenworldflight.com and they can follow you at teenworldflight on Twitter mate uh, we'll hope to catch up with you when you're over on the mainland US Thanks so much, mate. I look forward to having a chat. Southern Skies. Online Media.